Hello, good morning. Welcome to Bluebell Free Will Baptist Church this morning. Thank you for joining us for our live stream. Uh, we do have a couple of announcements this morning uh, before we get started. Um, we understand that Governor Stitz is reopening uh, Oklahoma on May the 1st. However, our church has uh, decided to remain uh, closed door and uh, strictly through uh, live stream for the next few weeks. Um, the uh, leadership team will get together on May 14th uh, to discuss on how we are going to move forward. And so I ask all of you to uh, keep us in your prayers uh, as we try to make decisions uh, for the best health and safety of our congregants uh, and that we may use the wisdom that only comes from God uh, in moving forward. Um, also, um, our Vacation Bible School is still scheduled for July the 13th, I believe it is, um, that week. And so just remember it, pray for it, pray that we will continue to have it, pray that God will bless it uh, and allow children to come and uh, learn about Him. Um, so we are so thankful for that. Um, I'm trying to think, I was thinking of something else this morning that I needed to announce, but I can't. it slipped my mind. So when I think of it, I'll share it with you. Um, but thank you so much for joining us this morning. It's an honor to be able to come to you uh, via the internet. And uh, if you were with us last week, we preached on uh, having a single mind and uh, uh, talking about joy robbers and how things can, can steal our joy from us. But uh, Jesus said, I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. And so we want to rest assured in the life that only comes from Christ, uh, and we want to make the joy of the Lord our strength. Um, so this morning, uh, the sermon title will be Joy Robbers, uh, Circumstances, and we're going to be talking about unprecedented circumstances uh, that can rob us of our joy uh, in the midst of those, and how during those uh, times. So uh, please stay with us. Uh, we will be preaching uh, here shortly. Uh, at this time, I'm going to open up in prayer, and then we're going to sing a few congregational songs, and uh, we just want to uh, have the Lord bless the service this morning, so uh, pray with us, if you will. Our Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning as humble as we know how. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day, and we thank you for all that you do for us. We thank you, Father, for your blessings on us, and Father, we thank you, Lord, for the, the uh, privilege that we have to come and and preach uh, through the internet, and God, that we may reach souls, that we may touch hearts. And Father God, I pray that you would just bless those that are watching live. I pray, God, that you bless those that will tune in later and watch the service. And I ask you, Father God, that you would uh, be with me today, Lord. I pray, God, that you would anoint me. Father, I pray that you'd fill my mouth, fill my heart, and fill my mind with the Spirit of God. And Lord, help me to preach with the power and the unction of the Holy Ghost, God, that I may preach what you've got on my heart. And I ask, dear God, today that you would just be with us and speak through us. Father, I ask uh, that you would be with each one today, and I pray that you would uh, touch them and help them. Lord, I pray that you would uh, touch all these uh, states that are opening their uh, states back up for people to go back to recreational uh, activities and work. And uh, God, I just pray that you would protect them. I pray, God, that you would uh, uh, kill out the coronavirus. I pray, God, that you would heal our land. Father, your uh, word says in 2 Chronicles 7, 14, that if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin 
and heal their land. And Father, that's our prayer today, that Your people would repent, that Your people would get back in line with You. God, that Your people would have the fire of the Holy Ghost living down in our hearts. And God, that we might get closer to You so that we might see You forgive our sin and heal our incredible land. Father, we love You today. And God, I just pray that You be with us in this service. Father, we love You and we thank You for all that You do. In Christ's holy name we pray. Amen. Thank you. Songs that we'll be singing this morning is going to come out of the church hymnal. First song I'm going to sing is Jesus Paid It All, page 119. I hear the Savior say, Thy strength indeed is small. Child of weakness, watch and pray. Find in me thine all in all. Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, he washed it white as snow. Lord, now indeed I find thy power in thine can change the leper spots and melt the heart of stone. Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, he washed it white as snow. For nothing good have I, whereby thy grace to claim. I'll wash my garment white in the blood of Calvary's land. Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left. The crimson stain, he washed it white as snow. And when before the throne I stand in complete, I'll lay my trophies down, all down at Jesus' feet. Jesus paid it all. paying our price so that we could be free and be pardoned. <clears throat>
Page 120, Victory in Jesus. I heard an old, old story How a Savior came from glory How He gave His life on Calvary To save a wretch like me I heard about His groaning Of His precious blood's atoning Then I repented of my sin And won the victory Oh, victory in Jesus My Savior forever He sought me and bought me with his redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew him, and all my love is to him. He plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing blood. I heard about his healing. Of his cleansing fire revealing How he made the lame to walk again And caused the blind to see And then I cried, dear Jesus Come and heal my broken spirit And somehow Jesus came and brought to me the Jesus paid it all. Amen. I just thought those songs went right together. They were 
back to back in the page, and uh, I thought, how convenient, you know, Jesus paid it all so that we could have the victory, and uh, I'm thankful for that this morning. Page 46 is where I'll be singing. I'd rather be an old-time Christian. In this world I've tried most everything I'm happy now to say There's nothing like a religion In the good old-fashioned way I'm walking in the old-time way And I want the world to know That I'd rather be an old-time Christian Than anything I know I'd rather be an old-time Christian than anything I know There's nothing like an old-time Christian With a Christian love to show I'm walking in the grand old highway And I'm telling everywhere I go That I'd rather be an old-time Christian Than anything I know There are many things I'd like to be As my journey I pursue I long to be a leader Like a mortal man would do I'd like to be a millionaire with a million to be stole, but I'd rather be an old-time Christian than anything I know. I'd rather be an old-time Christian than anything I know. There's nothing like an old-time Christian with Christmas to show. I'm walking in the grand old highway, telling everywhere I go that I'd rather be an old-time Christian anything I know. All the world is bright since I got right. Now I sing and pray and shout. All my burdens have been lifted since Savior brought me out. I'll tell the world both far and near as I travel here below that I'd rather be an old time Christian than anything I know. I'd rather be an old time Christian than anything I know There's nothing like an old-time Christian With Christmas to show I'm walking the grand old highway And I'm telling everywhere I go That I'd rather be an old-time Christian Than anything I know Amen. Hope that's your prayer this morning. Being an old-time Christian. Uh, this morning, as you uh, see, I'm sure it's on your screen by now. Uh, we're at this time is our giving uh, uh, part of the service, uh, and it's uh, it's vital uh, that we have your uh, generosity and your giving and your tithes, uh, because without it, we cannot do what we do. Uh, we cannot have these lights on in the building for for me to come in and preach to you through the live stream. Uh, it takes several uh, dollars uh, to be able to do the live stream, different programs, different licenses, and so on and so forth. And uh, without your generosity and without the Lord's blessing uh, on our tithes and offerings, uh, this will not be able uh, to be done. And so I just want to say thank you all uh, for being so generous and for giving to Bluebell Free Will Baptist Church. We do have a few options. Um, uh, on PayPal, you can uh, type in 1932bluebell at gmail.com or you can mail it to us at Bluebell Free Will Baptist Church, P.O. Box 902, Sepulpa, Oklahoma, 74067. 
Also, there is a third way, uh, and if you are in the area, uh, you can just drive up uh, to my house and you can uh, give that way, and I'll make sure that it gets given uh, into the church fund. Uh, so that is another option. But uh, we are so thankful for, for those that have been given. Uh, good news. Uh, our treasury has said that our giving has been up, so I praise the Lord for that. Uh, and that enables us to continue doing what we do. Uh, so thank the Lord for that. Thank the Lord for His blessing. We've had some really good services uh, online over the last few weeks, and I thank God for that. Uh, thank God for uh, our media minister who has been able to produce all this and, and help us uh, get the Word of God out. Uh, so I thank the Lord for Him. Thank the Lord for uh, uh, all the stuff that we've been able to do over the last month or two. And uh, so it's just been really good to see what the Lord is doing here at Bluebell. So at this time, we're going to go to the Lord in prayer and ask Him to bless the offering uh, and, and your giving. So uh, let's pray. In Jesus Christ's holy name we pray uh, this morning. Father, we come before you as home as we know how. And Lord, we're so thankful, God, to be able to do this. We're so thankful uh, that we have uh, a people in the church that are willing uh, to support the media ministry. God, we're so thankful uh, Lord, that you have blessed this media ministry, God, that we've reached uh, several thousand people, God, through this. And Father, I pray that the Word of God would be made known. I, Lord, we know that the Word of God will not return void. And God, I just pray that you would anoint us this morning. God, be with us and help us to do the same this morning. God, to get the Word of God out, Lord, and to preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Father, I pray, God, that if there's someone here that's lost and undone without you, I pray that you would save them, Lord, before it's too late over the internet. God, wherever they may be, I pray that they'd hear your voice. God, that they'd kneel down and accept Christ as their Savior. And Lord, I, I pray, Father, this morning that you would bless the giving, God, through PayPal, through mail, uh, whatever it may be, however they seem fit to give. I ask, God, that you would bless them. God, bless their homes, bless those that cannot give. Uh, God, and I just pray that you'd help us to be good stewards of the, the money that you have given us. God, that we may further your kingdom, and God, that we might do great things in, in, in your name, Father. We love you, and we thank you for all that you do. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Before I get into the sermon, I am going to sing a special. And uh, so... I stood in the courtroom The judge turned my way It looks like you're guilty Now what do you say? I spoke of your honor I have voted years That's when Mercy walked in, and mercy walked in, pleaded my case, called to the stand, was God's saving grace, the blood was presented, that covered my sin. Forgiven when mercy walked in. 
the Lord this morning. Now if you can see me on your TV screen, I am I have a confession. I'm wearing contacts, but over the last few weeks my eyes have started to blur when I'm trying to read because of my contacts. So I'm going to I got some readers, so I'm going to put those on. Yeah, I'm I'm too young for these, I know. Don't judge me too harshly. But we have one verse of scripture before we go back to the Lord to pray. And it's Philippians chapter 1. If you have your Bibles, I pray that you do have your Bibles in front of you this morning. Philippians chapter 1 is where we were last week. But this is where I want to bring my text this morning. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 21. And it says, For to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Our Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning as humble as we know how. Father God, we thank you for this day. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the beautiful sunshine that's outside. We thank you for the warmth, God, that is outside. We thank you, Father, for the warmth, God, that is in our hearts, God, uh, because of the Holy Ghost. God, we thank you, Lord, for your blessings on us. We thank you for keeping us healthy, for uh, keeping us safe from the virus. God, we thank you, Lord, for uh, blessing us and helping us uh, during this media ministry. Father, we thank you, Lord, for all that you do for us. Father, we thank you most of all, uh, Father, for the sermon that is on my heart this morning. And God, I pray that you'd help us to preach it, Lord, the way that you've given it to us. God, help us to bless somebody's heart this morning. Help us, oh God, to do your will. And Father, uh, I pray that uh, uh, this morning, uh, Lord, that you would just fill me with the Holy Spirit. God, fill me up, Lord, because I know I cannot do this without you. And God, I humble myself under your hand, God, that you may use me today. Father, we love you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you for reading with us this morning. Uh, 
I talked to you last week on, on a similar uh, subject, and, and I'm going to talk to you today about unprecedented circumstances uh, that can rob us of our joy. Um, and we find that Paul, in chapter, uh, well, this whole book of Philippians, it's a fairly short book, and uh, I would encourage you this morning, uh, after the service is over with, uh, sometime tonight, before you go to bed, I would encourage you to read the uh, entire book of Philippians. All four chapters. There's not many uh, verses. There's 30 verses in chapter 1 and 2. Uh, there's 21 verses in chapter 3. And there's 23 verses in chapter 4. Uh, so I'd encourage you to go and read uh, this great book uh, that we're trying to preach to you on over the next several weeks. Um, but I love what Paul had to say. Now I want you to understand some context of what Paul is saying. He said, for to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Now, I want us to understand where Paul is. Paul's not in the synagogue. He is not in a temple. He is not uh, sitting with the rulers of the uh, Pharisees or the rulers of the Jews. He's not sitting in those places. He's not fine dining at the nicest restaurant uh, writing you this book. He's not uh, in, in an elegant hotel. He's not anywhere like that. Matter of fact, he's in the right opposite of that. He's in a, dun a dungeon uh, where they throw a manure and dirt and mud and all, all manner of things off in there. He is in prison in a Roman colony called Philippi and he uh, is facing the death penalty for preaching the name of Christ. Now, we know that Christ is our hope. Thank God for that. I'm glad if we had hope in this life only we would be of all men most miserable, but thanks be unto God, we have the hope uh, that is not seen, and we have the hope through Jesus Christ that one day the best is yet to come. Amen. The best is yet to come. And that's what Paul knew. Now, I, I told you last week uh, that uh, in order to keep our joy full uh, in the Lord, and he's in uh, John chapter 15, I won't go back to that, but Jesus said, uh, that you might have joy in me and that your joy might be full. And Jesus wants our joy to remain in Him and that our joy might be full. And so last week I talked to you uh, about having a single mind that says I'm going to live for Christ every day and make known the gospel. And, and today I realized, and this week I've studied uh, uh, even more and uh, the pattern that I see is that Paul wants us to adapt a mindset just like Christ. Christ had one goal, and that was to come and preach the kingdom of heaven as a hand. Uh, he, he preached what John the Baptist preached. He said, repent ye for the kingdom of heaven as a hand. And, and he healed all manners of uh, diseases. He healed all manners of sicknesses. He, he raised a, a lame man at the pool of Bethesda who had uh, laid there for 38 years. He had uh, uh, healed blinded eyes. Uh, and, and he'd done all manners of miracles. But the greatest thing that our Lord and Savior ever done was when He laid down His life on that cross uh, for His friends. He called us friends. Did you know that? He said, there is no greater love than this than a man that would lay down his life for his friends. And I'm thankful this morning that Jesus is my friend. And because I have Jesus as my friend, I can take great joy in knowing where I need to go to when I'm in trouble. 
Amen. I'm thankful for that this morning. Paul, uh, he's dealing with our mindset. And did you know uh, that the devil's playground is your mind? The first place that the devil is going to try and attack you is right up here in your mind. He's going to try and tell you that you're not saved. You ever been told that? I've been told that for, uh, let's say, I've been saved for 10 years now. Uh, and I've been told that probably once a week, if not every day of my life, uh, since I've been a Christian, a child of God, Satan has tried to convince me that I'm, I didn't get anything that day, uh, that nothing really happened, that I'm still the same old person. And here's the thing, the devil's a liar, and he is the father of all lies. I know what happened that evening uh, when I knelt down on my knees and I cried out to God, I said, uh, Jesus, I'm a sinner, and I need to be saved. Forgive me for all my sin, and if you save me, I'll live for you until the day that I die. I didn't know that what I was asking for, I was about to receive. And just a few months later, he dealt with my heart to preach the gospel, uh, and, and I ran from it, didn't want to do it, but thanks be unto God, I have the great joy in my heart to come to you and preach the Word of God. Uh, he's put a joy in my heart uh, for the Word of God, to preach to uh, you and, and to educate you on the Holy Scriptures of the Word of God. I take great uh, joy in doing this, and I'm thankful that God has called me. I'm nobody. I, I don't have an education, a, a, a Bible education or anything like that, but what I have is the Holy Ghost living inside of me, and thanks be unto God, He is qualified, He is equipped, and He has got everything under control. And I trust Him this morning uh, to do the very same. Uh, this morning... Uh, we're talking about Paul's circumstances. And I want to tell you, if you uh, have your Bibles, and I, I'm not going to go and find it, uh, but in Acts chapter 16, uh, there's a man, uh, there's a woman and two men that's following uh, the Apostle Paul, and, and they're trying to, to get him to, uh, uh, to, to buy things, and, and she's into sorcery and different things. And, and so they take him up to the, to the Roman ruler there, and, and the Roman ruler... Cast him into prison. He he, uh, the Lord actually sent him into Macedonia. He wasn't going to go to Macedonia, but that's where the Lord sent him by the Holy Ghost. And, and, and in Macedonia, that's where that lady was. And, and they took him up to the ruler there, to the governor. And Paul got thrown into prison. I've heard many times that Paul doesn't go into cities looking for the nearest hotel. He goes looking for the nearest prison. Uh, and that's what he done. He went, uh, and they thrown him in jail in the Macedonia. And we know the story of the Macedonian jailer. Uh, the Bible says, And at midnight, Paul and Silas sang praises unto God, and immediately there was an earthquake. And that earthquake opened the door cells, uh, the doors of every cell in that prison. And uh, uh, the Macedonian uh, jailer was about to take his own life because he thought some of the prisoners had escaped. But Paul assured the man, he said, put up thy sword in thy shield. He said, for we are all here. Listen, we're all safe. He said, what we're doing is praising the Lord. And that jailer said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And Paul told him, he said, believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved and thy household. Listen, Paul, he was in an unprecedented time. Listen. He was facing the death penalty. He was about to die. Uh, and uh, he seen this man, uh, he, went, he was because of his chains and because he was 
in captivity. Because of the circumstance that Paul was in, he was able to administer the gospel to somebody and see a soul saved for the betterment of the kingdom of God. He was able to bring in the lost sheep of Israel. Uh, and the Bible says that uh, the angels of heaven rejoice over that one sinner that repenteth than 99 just persons. And Paul got to witness that that night in that jail cell and, and he was able to have the joy of the Lord during the midst of that darkness that he was in. And this morning we too can have the joy in the Lord in the midst of our dark circumstances. You might be in... Uh, uh, you might... Uh, be facing the coronavirus or you might be uh, facing an alcohol addiction or a drug addiction and you're in a, a bad circumstance a bad situation that you don't know how you're going to get yourself out of but my friend the joy of the Lord can be your strength he will deliver you uh, from your alcohol addiction uh, alcohol abuse he will deliver you from your drug addiction he will uh, deliver you from uh, your fornication from your adultery from your sin Jesus Christ can deliver you if you will call upon Him. Uh, that's what Paul preached to the, uh, the, jail sale, the, the jailer there. He said, it don't matter what's in your life, if you'll just believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and confess your sin, thou shalt be saved and thy household. So we see that a whole household got born again because of one man's obedience to the gospel. And because of one man's obedience who was a prisoner... He obeyed Christ. He said, nevertheless, I am going to live for Christ even if it costs me my head. Do we have that kind of faith? Do we have that kind of faith to say, I'm going to live for Christ even if it means they cut off my hands, they cut off my feet, or they cut off my head? Are we going to have the faith to stand on the Word of God and say that I know in whom I believe in it uh, trusted in, for He is able to keep me until the day of His return. Uh, and just as in uh, verse number 6 of Philippians 1, He said, Being confident of this very thing, that He which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Paul, he's sitting in that uh, jail cell facing uh, the death penalty. And, and listen, I'm sure that Paul, he was probably feeling down on himself because he's got his best friend Silas down the... He, I'm sure he had no idea that he was going to get Silas thrown into jail with him. Uh, and I'm sure that he probably apologized to Silas, saying, Silas, this wasn't your fault. It was my fault that you're in this prison cell with me. But I find that Paul, he never lost joy. In every prison that he went to, he had the joy of the Lord. Everywhere that he went, he tried to administer the gospel because of his bonds and his captivity, it opened a door to witness to somebody. And that's what he's telling us to do. Listen, in uh, verse 15 of Philippians chapter 1, he said, Some indeed preach Christ, of, even of envy and strife, and some also of goodwill. Verse 16 says, The one preach Christ of contention, not sincerely supposing to add affliction to my bonds, but the other of love, knowing that I am set for the defense of the gospel. What then? Notwithstanding every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached. And I therein do rejoice, yea, and will rejoice. Here's the thing. Jesus, uh, Paul was saying, 
regardless of what their motive is. And believe me, there is a lot of preachers today that, that will be watched on uh, Facebook and YouTube and on their own TV channel. There's many preachers today that are not preaching to promote the gospel of Christ, but to promote themselves. And that's exactly what Paul was preaching against. He said, whether in pretense, I know not, or in truth, he said, but nevertheless, Christ is preached. And uh, uh, that's what our goal is, is to preach Christ and Him crucified and not of ourselves. In verse 19, he says, For I know that this shall turn to my salvation through your prayer and the supplication of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. I got a little ahead of myself this morning, but that's okay. <clears throat> Our goal should not... Uh, here, here's, here's what we tend to do, and I'm going to be transparent with you. When we get in circumstances, when we get in binds, and when we get in places where we don't really understand why we're there or how we're going to get out of it, we tend to put all the focus on ourselves, don't we? We tend to uh, have self-pity. We, we tend to pity ourselves, and, and, and for the moment... We don't really understand how we're going to get ourselves out of this. Notice I said how we get ourselves out of this. It's not up to us to get ourselves out of circumstances. It's up to us to trust the Lord that He is going to make a way of escape. Amen. It's up to Him to do that. Um, and, and Paul is saying here, he's, he said, listen, I'm down here in prison. But my objective and my motive is that the manifestation of God, the glory of God, may be seen through me and heard through me by the preaching of the gospel. And so when we're in unprecedented circumstances, and one that we all can relate to right now is the coronavirus, this COVID-19, this pandemic, the quarantine that has been worldwide. It's been a worldwide quarantine. Um, and me and my wife has probably been quarantined much longer than some, some other people. Um, but through this quarantine, it has enabled me to step outside of my comfort zone. Most of you know that I try and do a, a Facebook Live devotional uh, two to three, four times a week. Um, I try to get on and sing a couple songs and encourage people. Um, and here's the thing. We ought to use this unprecedented circumstance to find our joy and also to share the joy of the Lord with somebody else. And that's what Paul was doing. He was using his circumstances to further the gospel and to, uh, 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 to defend the gospel. But he was also using it to share the joy and faith of Christ. And I'll get there. Uh, look in, uh, uh, let's see. I do have a couple verses I want to back up to. Last week I told you um, that uh, if you serve, if you, uh, serve yourself, uh, you will starve the Spirit of God. Um, and I want to tell you this morning that in James chapter 4, here's the way that we uh, can uh, uh, get out of that selfish, uh, that selfish mindset because here's the thing, if you're going to have a single mind and next week, Lord willing, I'm going to preach on uh, chapter 2 of Philippians and the next mind that Paul tells us to have is a submissive mind. But if we're going to have a single mind, and a submissive mind, a single mind says, I'm going to serve Christ above all else. 
despite of the circumstances, despite of what I'm up against, I'm going to serve Christ. A submissive mindset says, because I'm serving Christ, I'm going to serve others before myself. And if we are going to have those mindsets and the attributes of Christ, we have got to deal with our own selfishness and pride. We've got to repent of that and we've got to get it out of our lives uh, so that we can surrender to the almighty hand of God. James chapter 4 and verse 6 says, But he giveth more grace, wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. And I didn't put this on, on our website, but the next verse says, Humble yourselves therefore unto God, uh, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh unto God, and God will draw nigh unto you. That is how we have a single mind and a submissive mind uh, in uh, these difficult circumstances and when it comes to people problems. 1 Peter chapter 5 says something similar. It says, Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another, and be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. We must develop a single mind such as Paul had that determines to live for Christ and the gospel, to glory in what God is going to do whether than complaining about what God did not do. In order for Paul to have joy in his many difficult circumstances, we have to look at the source of his joy. We've got to understand the source. See, we all have a source. If you're selfish, your source is is pride. Because every sin that we have, it has a root. And if you do not pull that sin up by the roots, it will continue to grow. And it will continue to manifest. And so we've got to find the source of Paul's joy and how he had a single mind and a submissive mind. And we all know what Paul's source was. And his source was Jesus Christ. Three times in the book of Philippians, Paul says he rejoices in the Lord. In chapter 3 and verse 1, chapter 4 and verse 4 and verse 10. Uh, and Paul was, able, uh, Paul was able, and these are quotes from uh, the book, Be Joyful. Uh, and it says Paul was able to have joy because of his confidence in the sovereignty of God and because of his hope in heaven. That was his source. That's where our source of joy has to come from. We have got to have, uh, we have got to have confidence in the Word of God and the confidence of the sovereignty of God, and we have to rejoice in the Lord and know that we have hope in heaven. That ought to be our source of our joy. At least nineteen times in uh, the four chapters of Philippians, Paul mentions to be joyful, to rejoice. Or to be glad. To get the total picture of Philippians is to fi first find the thieves that rob the joy from us and then determine what kind of attitude we must have in order to capture and conquer these robbers. This too was a quote from my book, Be Joyful. Um, I want us to look at this quote. And it said, to get the total picture of Philippians is to first find the thieves that rob the joy from us and then determine what kind of attitude we must have in order to capture and conquer these robbers. See, we're, we're dealing with the mind. We're dealing with our minds this morning. 
and over the next several weeks. We're dealing with how we have an attitude adjustment. Because if you're going to remain in the joy of the Lord, and if you're going to have joy in these unprecedented circumstances, you might be facing cancer, uh, you might be in a hospital, uh, you might be in a nursing home, or you might have a loved one in a nursing home, and you don't know how uh, it's going to end or, or anything like that. I don't know what the circumstance might be. You might be being sued at court. Uh, I don't know what, what the problem may be in your life. But friend, you can still have joy no matter what situation or circumstance you're in. But you've got to find the source of your joy. Many people's source of joy is their money, their pocketbooks. They think if they can go buy new clothes or if they can go buy a new car or if they can go buy a new boat or a new four-wheeler or a new side-by-side or a new house or, or go, uh, uh, go out and have a really nice dinner or, or whatever it might be, that's their source. That's where they take pleasure in. That's where they find their joy. Uh, many people take joy in alcohol. They think, if I can get one more buzz, if I can get drunk one more time, uh, many people sources uh, in drugs and, and uh, uh, sex and other things, and, and they think, if I can just do, it, do that one more time, if, if I can just get that high one more time, then my joy will be full. But friend, here's the thing. It is a bottomless pit. Sin is a bottomless pit. And when you dive into sin... Your joy will never be full. Matter of fact, you're going to run below empty. You know what happens to a vehicle when it runs below empty, right? It stops. It stops. And cars keep passing you by. And many times, let's just hope you ain't parked on a hill. Because if you're going to appeal and your gas tank gets below empty, you're going to be rolling backwards. And that's where a lot of people today are at. They're sitting on top of a steep hill and their joy is running below empty. And all they see is the, the where they come from. And they're falling down that hill as fast as they went up it because their joy is never full. They've got a leak. They've got a leak. And you can't patch it up because that patch will come off. You've got to replace it. It's just like a... a, a a flat tire. If you've got a hole in the side of your uh, uh, wheel wall, you can't patch it up because it'll just go flat again. And much more dangerous. It'll cause you to wreck and perhaps kill yourself or kill somebody else. So when you have a hole in the side of your tire, what do you got to do? You got to replace it with a new tire, don't you? You, it's not like putting a plug in it if it's on the tread of the tire. You can put, you can patch those and plug those, and you might go a little while before you have to replace it. But if there's a nail or a screw or, or something going through the side of that tire, you're going to fall off in a ditch and perhaps do much more damage. So you got to replace it. And that's what I'm telling you this morning. We've got to replace the sources of our joy and put our source in Christ. Because when we have the source uh, as the Lord, He can keep our joy full. That's what He told us in John 15. He said that your joy might remain in Me and that your joy might be full. Remember that. To get the... Sorry, I was about to go backwards. I'm going to keep moving forward this morning. Paul describes 
four attitudes of minds, mindsets that will produce joy in spite of circumstances, people, things, and worry. And we're going to preach on each one of these over the next few weeks. The single mind in chapter 1 is the mindset we must have to fend off circumstances. In chapter 2, the submissive mind is to uh, the mindset that we must have to fend off people problems. In chapter 3, the spiritual mind is the mindset we must have to fend off the things of this world. And in chapter 4, the secure mind is the mindset we must have to fend off worry. Dr. Warren Wiersbe said, said those things. I love chapter 4. It's all about worry. And listen, I'm a worrier. But I'm learning so much through, through this study that, that the Lord is helping me see how if I can just trust Him more with my anxiety, if I can trust Him more in circumstances like the quarantine, listen, that's been very difficult for me because I'm a go, 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 go. I like being out of the house. I like going places and uh, doing things. And the Lord is helping me see that if I'll just trust Him and if I'll just put Him to be my joy, if I'll just put my source of joy in Him and in Him alone, listen, it's Jesus plus or minus nothing. Jesus is enough. That if I'll just do those things, I can have joy in all these situations. Today we're going to look at developing a single mind to conquer circumstances that rob our joy from us. Now, if you have a single mind, if you have a double mind, you can't have a single mind. James 1 and 8 says, A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. C.I. Schofield said this, and many of you have probably heard of him. He's got several Schofield study Bibles out. And he said this, The Christian experience Paul would teach us is not something which is going on around the believer, but something which is going on within him. Right Christian experience, then, is the outworking of whatever one's circumstances may be of the life, nature, and the mind of Christ living in us. So our lives and our, the sources of our joy should be the outworking of uh, what we believe in Christ, the life, nature, and the mind of Christ living in us. Our joy has to be the outworking of those things. C.I. Schofield divided the book of Philippians uh, in four categories. He said in chapter 1, Christ, the believer's life, rejoicing in suffering. Chapter 2, he said, Christ, the believer's pattern, rejoicing in lowly service. And that word lowly means lower in importance or humble. Chapter 3, C.I. Schofield says, Christ, the believer's object, rejoicing despite imperfections. And in chapter 4, he said, Christ, the believer's strength. Boy, I sure do love that. Christ, the believer's strength, rejoicing over anxiety. Amen this morning. Thank the Lord. I hope you're getting what I'm getting this morning. I feel the Lord. I'm, I'm thankful this morning uh, for what God is showing us uh, in His Word. <clears throat> in uh, 2 Timothy chapter 2, and verse 8 and 9, listen, you can be in circumstances uh, that will bind you and that will cripple your faith. 
But listen to what Paul said. He said, remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel, wherein I suffer trouble. Listen, he has a single mind, rejoicing in suffering. As an evildoer, even unto bonds. He's saying, listen, because of my joy in the Lord and because of my desire for to live to, as Christ and to die as gain. Listen, that's his whole life. Uh, 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 if Paul had a life quote, or if Paul had a, a I don't know what, a vision or a, a statement of faith, I believe it'd be Philippians one twenty one. For to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. And we see that all through the life of the apostle Paul uh, after his conversion. Notice in verse nine. Uh, the last part says, but the Word of God is not bound. Thank God this morning that the Word of God is not bound. I do have a, 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 a story that I'd like to tell you, uh, and I'm getting close to ending this morning, but I want to share this story with you from Dr. Warren Wearsby. And he said, while I was recovering in the hospital from a serious auto accident, I received a letter from a total stranger who seemed to know just what to say to make my day brighter. In fact, I received several letters from him, and each one was better than the one before. When I was able to get around, I met him personally. I was amazed to discover that he was blind, a diabetic, handicapped because of a leg amputation, and since the, this letter, the other leg has been removed, and that he lived with and cared for his elderly mother. If a man ever wore chains, this man did. But if a man ever was free to pioneer the gospel, this man was. Because of this man's circumstance, and because of this man's life, and how he lived, he was a handicapped, he didn't have it, both of his legs, he was a diabetic, he couldn't see, he was confined probably to a wheelchair, couldn't get out of the house very often, but when he did, I'm sure that he, he used that to enable the furtherance of the gospel. And that's what Paul is teaching us, is that no matter where we're at in life, may we always have a mindset of Christ, the single mind, that we will rejoice in our suffering and make known the Word of God. We see in uh, verses 15 through 19 that the church uh, was uh, divided exactly like churches are today. Warren Wearsby said, Envy and strife go together just as love and unity go together. Wearsby said, Paul's aim was to glorify Christ and get people to follow Him. His critics' aim was to promote themselves with, uh, and win a following of their own instead of asking, Have you trusted Christ? They asked, whose side are you on, ours or Paul's? Unfortunately, this kind of religious politics is still seen today. Many people are asking, what church do you belong to? What denomination do you go to? That's not what it's about. It ain't about any of that. It's about whether or not we're on Christ's side. Paul was on Christ's side, so when they were asking are you for us or if you're for Paul? They're saying if you're with Paul, then you, you serve the same Lord that he does. They were trying to promote themselves above Christ. And that ain't how 
that is not the mindset that we as child of God should have uh, because that will rob us of our joy. I had some more scripture too, but I'm just going to move right along this morning. Uh, Philippians chapter 1, verses 20 through 26 says this, According to my earnest expectation and my hope, that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness, as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. For to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. But if I live in the flesh, this is the fruit of my labor. Yet what I shall choose I want not. For I am in a strait betwixt two, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. I'm going to stop right here just for a brief moment. That word straight, it doesn't mean a straight line or a straight path or anything like that. That word straight in verse 23, he says, For I'm in a straight betwixt two. That tells me that he's in a crisis or that he is in a difficult situation. He's in an unprecedented circumstance. He's got a, a, a decision to make. He said, For I am in a strait betwixt two, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ. That's saying uh, to just go ahead and let them kill me. Let them take my life for preaching the gospel, which is far better. Nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. He knew that if he died and left, that he wouldn't be able to encourage this Philippian church and train this Philippian church to have the joy of the Lord. Nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. And having this confidence, I know that I shall abide and continue with you all for your furtherance and joy of faith. So what he's saying is, I want to help you understand how to have the joy of the Lord, but also how to share the joy of the Lord with other people. How to uh, continue and further, uh, for your furtherance, meaning for your longevity, for you to live longer and make known Christ longer, and also to share the joy of faith. Verse 26 says that your rejoicing may be more abundant in Jesus Christ for me by my coming to you again. I want us to think uh, of this uh, in verse 21. If you can pull verse 21 up again, please. Um, I want us to look at this verse and deeply and ask ourselves within, could we say and live it exactly how Paul talked and lived it? Now listen, this was, a, this was a very, very bold statement for Paul. But you know what? His life exemplifies his statement. Paul wasn't all talk. You may know people today that you say, well, they're just all talk. They don't ever do what they say they're going to do. Or they say they believe this, but they live this way. Paul, what he said, Paul lived. And I want us to focus on this verse today because honestly, if we're going to have joy in the midst of circumstances, if we're not going to let circumstances rob us of our joy, verse 21 tells us exactly what mindset we must have. For to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. I'm, I don't know if he has this slide or not, 
But I want you to think, I want you to fill in the blank to yourself. Don't, don't fill in Christ and to die because that's what the Bible says. That was Paul's statement. That was Paul's life, life statement. That was Paul's motto, if you will. I want you to sincerely think to yourself, what would you put in those blanks? Let the Holy Spirit administer to your heart what you would fill in those blanks with. And be honest with yourself. Please don't lie because the Holy Ghost knows if you're lying. Can you honestly say for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain? Don't. If you can't live it, if you're not living it, don't fill it in. But I want the Holy Spirit to touch your heart this morning because you will find the source of your joy. Whatever goes in those blanks that you honestly fill in, that will determine where your joy lies. Paul, he found his source. And his source was Jesus Christ. Some might say this, and I, I read this out of my, my book. He said, uh, uh, some people might say, for to me to live is money, and to die is to leave it all behind. Is that you? Are you all about getting money? All about buying the nice things? All about getting gain? You can't take it with you. You can't take that nice $20,000 bass boat. You can't take that $70,000 truck with you or that $500,000 home that you desire. You can't take any of that with you. Some people might say for me to live is fame and to die is to be forgotten. I wonder how many movie stars there have been that have passed away and people's forgot about. They were famous at one time. Boy, they were on every magazine across the world. They're on uh, uh, major movies, major TV shows. And I wonder how many people's forgotten about them after they've passed on. Some people might say for and to die is to lose it all. I hope and pray that's not what our president thinks. For me to live is to power. And to die is to lose it all. But you know, there's many politicians, there's many uh, lawyers, many uh, there's many people in the world that has power. And I'm sure that they probably think that if I could just get more power, if I could just be the top of the food chain, then I'll have it all. But you know what? If they die without Christ, they'll lose every bit of it. If they die without knowing the joy of the Lord, it'll all return to the dust. It'll all be melted with fervent heat and it won't matter. I don't know what you're I don't know what you filled in the blanks with this morning. But Paul said for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. This is something that I've been working on over the last 2 weeks as I've been studying this book. I'm asking myself every day, Lord, can I say that? Can I say and can I live what Paul lived? Can I live for to me to live as Christ and to die as gain? Can I really do that? Because Friday, if anything, and I'm, I'm going to be transparent with you this morning, this past Friday, if anything could go wrong, it went wrong. And listen, I was quarantined and I was at my house, but it seemed like if something could go wrong and get on my nerves, it did. And you know what I found myself doing? It was a test. The Lord tested me. 
to see if I was going to pass. And I'll be honest with you, I failed. Because I'm still learning. And I, I so desire and I crave to adapt to the book of Philippians so that my joy might remain full and that my joy might remain in, in Christ. But you know what I did Friday? It was like 4 o'clock in the afternoon and I told Cassie, I said, Cassie, I'm so ready to just go in our bedroom and go to bed because I was ready for Friday to be over with. If something could go wrong, it did. Don't know why. Started as soon as I got out of the bed. I got walked out on the porch, and that's my fault. Didn't have any shoes on. Got splinters in my feet. That was foolish of me to not go outside with shoes on. I understand that. But that was just it was just minor things. That was getting under my skin and, and my flesh was really aggravating. And by the end of the day, I was complaining about it. I was like, man, I, I'm just so ready for this day to be over with. Y'all ever, you ever done that? Just, man, I'm so ready for today to be over with. It's like nothing is going right. Nothing is going my way. Notice that? Nothing is going my way. That's pride. That's selfishness. And if we're going to adapt to the joy of the Lord and have the joy of the Lord to be our strength, we're going to have to have the same convictions that the Apostle Paul had. We must have a single-mindedness as those of Paul if we are to experience joy in spite of our circumstances and if we are to further the gospel. The book Be Joyful says this, and I, I'm closing with this. Paul's secret is found in another word in Philippians. It is the mind. Paul used mind ten times and also uses the word think five times. And the time he uses the word remember and you have 16 occurrences or references to our minds. 16 times in four chapters. Paul is stressing how important it is to take every thought captive, to bring your body into subjection, to die to self. Boy, all through Paul's life, he said, listen, I crucify myself. He said, I die daily. Paul knew that his life was worth nothing without Christ. But with Christ, it was worth it all. Because no matter how bad circumstances got, no matter how much people hated him, no matter uh, how much material things other people was getting, and even in the times of his worry, Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, I will most gladly uh, glory in my infirmities because when I am weak, he is strong. Boy, one of the hardest things, and listen, if you get to know me very long, uh, probably because of my heritage, I don't know, but uh, when I, I don't think a lot of times before I speak. And that's because I don't control my mind the way that I'm, I'm supposed to. And that's what Paul is teaching us. He's, he's saying, listen, if you're going to experience the true joy of the Lord, you have got to tame your mind. And you've got to get your mind and your thoughts under control. 
He said the secret of a Christian, the secret of Christian joy is found in the way the believer thinks. His attitudes. After all, outlook determines outcome. Our outlook on life, our outlook on the current circumstance that we're in, our outlook toward people will always determine our outcome or our reaction. Can you say that this morning? Can you say for me to live is Christ and to die is gain? I'll tell you this, honestly, this morning, I can't say that. I can't say that and live it. But you know what I'm doing? I'm pressing toward that mark. I'm pressing toward that mark because if I seek it, He said, if you seek Me, Jesus said, uh, uh, in well, God said in the book of Isaiah, He said, if you seek Me with all your heart, you shall find Me. And I believe that's the same with finding the joy of the Lord. If you want to have joy in your home, and if you want to have joy in your relationship with Christ, You've got to seek Him with all your heart. And I believe that as I am pursuing this journey of joy in circumstances, uh, with people, with material things, listen, I'm the world's worst about wanting things. I I want a new truck. I want to have a nice house. I I want this and I want that. Maybe it's because of my age and I I want these things. But you know what I'm I'm starting to learn as I study this book and these sermons is that I want to please Christ more than I want to please myself. I want to have Christ in my home. I want to see my baby saved and and living for God. and, And I want my family to be saved more than I want these material things. So I'm listen, I'm on this journey. And I'm praying every day that God, please give me a single mind and a submissive mind, a spiritual mind and a secure mind so that I can maintain and that my joy might remain in Him and that my joy might be full. Thank you this morning for joining us this morning. Uh, for our, uh, I, I'm, It's kind of part one to the sermon series, but I guess it's part two uh, from last Sunday. Uh, so next week, Join us uh, once again for the next part of our sermon series, Joy Robbers. And next week we're going to be dealing with people problems uh, and how to have joy uh, when you are with other people um, and when people come against you. Uh, Because, boy, there's nothing worse uh, to get me fired up than when somebody comes against me, Uh, when somebody speaks out against me, especially if it's a lie. Ain't nothing worse that gets me fired up than somebody telling a lie on me uh, because I, I know the truth and God knows the truth and I, I've just always been that way kind of but uh, you know what we can have the joy of the Lord I'm so thankful for that uh, Brother Joe if you don't mind pull that uh, the blank the fill in the blank again I'm gonna I, I don't know if I've done this since I've been preaching through the internet but uh and I, I don't know who's watching. I don't know who, who's still online. But I'm going to give a moment of invitation. 
I just I, I feel impressed to to have an altar call through the web and through the internet. Honestly, let's ask ourselves, what are the things that we're filling in the blank? For to me to live is money, power, to please people, and to die is what? Leave it all behind? Let it vanquish? Be forgotten? Let's ask ourselves, what, God, what is it that I'm filling in those blanks with that I need to replace. Because here's the thing, whatever you're filling in the blanks with this morning, it's like that hole in the side of your tire. Or it's like sitting on a steep hill and your gas hand run below empty and you start rolling back. It's very dangerous to live there. This morning, let's pray and ask the Lord to help us. Listen, it's not going to happen over overnight. Many people think that when you get saved, you got to get uh, baptized with water and baptized with, with the Holy Ghost and then you're sanctified. Listen, I found that my sanctification is a daily process and God is changing me and He's molding me every day. And if we pray and ask the Lord, Jesus, please give me that mindset of Christ so that I can say like Paul said, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Will you pray with me this morning? You may be in the comforts of your living room or your dining room. You might be sitting on the back porch enjoying the sunshine. I don't know where you might be this morning. But will you pray as I pray? And just ask the Lord, if you're sincere, if you truly want the joy of the Lord. Oh, I feel the Lord this morning. If you truly want to live for Christ and the Gospel, will you pray and ask the Lord to do just as Paul, and to let your life's motto be for to me to live as Christ and to die as gain. I don't know what you're going to pray this morning, but I know what I'm going to pray because, oh, I desire. I desire more of Him. Whatever may come, whatever may go, I want Christ to be my anchor. My anchor of salvation, my anchor of hope, and my anchor of joy. It's Christ. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before You this morning as humble as we know how. And dear God, we thank You, Lord, for all that You've done for us. Father, I thank You, Lord, for the sermon that You've brought to us this morning. God, You've touched my heart. God, I pray that it's touched somebody else's heart. I pray, dear God, that You would search me, O Lord, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts, as Psalms 139 says, and see if there be any wicked way in me. Lead me down the path of everlasting. Heavenly Father, I ask that You would uh, touch us. And, and God, I pray that You would forgive us of all of our sin. God, forgive me for complaining when I do. God, forgive me uh, for not having You in those blanks. But Lord, I pray that You would help me to put You in those blanks so that my life and my testimony, I can say, for to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Lord, I crave to have the joy of the Lord, even in unprecedented circumstances, even when people come against me. God, even when, when my selfishness rises up and I don't want to serve people, God, help me to have that submissive mind so that I can crucify my flesh 
so that I can die to self and that the Spirit of God may live through me and that your joy might remain in me and that it might be full. Father, we love You so much today. Thank You for this sermon series. Thank You for speaking to my heart. God, I pray that You'll speak to somebody else's heart as well. God, I, I thank You for all that You do. God, be with our country. Be with the states that are reopening. God, I pray that You'd keep them safe, keep them healthy. I pray that the uh, coronavirus would start to, to de decline and not rise. God, I pray that we don't see another rise uh, with this outbreak. I pray that we start seeing the numbers to drop and to fall. God, I pray that You'd heal our land. God, be with our government officials. Be with our doctors and nurses and uh, emergency personnel. God, be with our pastors around the world as they make the decisions to reopen their churches uh, to uh, uh, what they feel is best for their people. God, I just pray that You'd be with them and help them. Father, we love You today. In Christ's holy name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us. See you next Sunday.